0: so it's like there's there's time and a place for things so a lot of people hear redness and they're like you know i i must you know they they either don't know what to do or they end up making it worse so if you understand the mechanics of what your skin's doing sometimes it makes more sense you don't panic as hard <laughs> when like
1: breakouts come your way yes. or redness and things like that yes it is very hard not to panic Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly
0: episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.
1: welcome everyone what 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 what? i can't believe i mean we're recording this in early january but i can't believe we're just even here in 2019 already
0: (laughs) i wrote 2019 for the first time today and i was like whoa
1: what what yeah i signed a i signed a form for my mastermind agreement agreement and i was like 2019 okay all right okay we're doing the thing it's happening (laughs) It is yours weird. is much more official than mine. I
0: just made a new batch of spice blends <laughs> and you dated them. If
1: you made I sp- did. I date things. How possibly, if you made spice blends, would they last through the entire year? I think it's a. I think it's a just a. I, I don't mean
0: to. It's just a. If you're gonna write the month and the day, I just always end with a year. <laughs> you're so funny. I, I know. I not it's, it's like to. the restaurant
1: thing in me. Like it's always month and day, never year, because nothing ever lasts that long in a restaurant, right? You go yeah, I totally can see that. So that's just my. My mo and what I'm used to is food labeling. So and say mine's like patient paperwork, and you you oh, label everything. well. Yeah, I'm, I mean I'm used to that too. It's just my computer kind of did it for me. So yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So how? Uh, let's check in. Like how how are your New Year's intentions going? I know we both had high hopes yeah. for the year, and yeah. I feel like mid January slash toward the end is is this time where you're like okay first of all, were those intentions realistic for me? Yeah, for real. What's
0: going on? Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and how, like,
1: how are they going? Am I actually like taking steps to make them happen? And I think there's so much to be said about being really gentle with yourself and easing into those and or finding, um, a way to ease into those intentions to make those mm. actions like stick and be very realistic because I don't know, but I'm, I am a very all or nothing person. When I'm changing my nutrition, I tend to work pretty well with like doing things one way one day and changing it the next day. But in general, when it comes to anything else, like let's say going to the gym, I have to start, if I'm not going, I have to start with going once or twice a week and then ramp that up to four or five days. Otherwise, it ain't gonna happen.
0: I'm so all or nothing that it's literally all or nothing. With everything? Yeah. So I knew that I knew going into the new year that part of my intentions were to get healthy, to get like fit healthy because I'm not really, I'm mentally probably in the best place I've ever been in in my life, but I've worked so hard on that in the last year that uh, because I don't think that I could go into my physical goals um, if I hadn't worked on my mental goals first. Mm -hmm. So I think I had to caveat start with that because I don't think that I could do what I've been doing. Recently, if I hadn't been in such a good mental state, like I know my priorities, I know it's super important to me, so I have that mental space to like make myself uncomfortable (laughs) physically. (laughs) And so for um, let's see, on New Year's Eve, um, which by the way, I all of the stigma is true that my gym was insanely full on New Year's Eve, but I went anyway because I told myself I'm going to give myself like a week. To like feel like the baby giraffe in the gym and just be like all legs and arms and no like control <laughs> and try to figure out where the machines are. You just and, have like, to
1: get comfortable with looking like a dork. Yes, <laughs> and real. feeling
0: completely like, lost. Yeah. Right. I remember like, especially that. because I'm like kind of by myself. My husband and I, don't, we cannot go at the same time. We've mm. we'll always tried to make that work. So that's resulted in me not lifting weights for five years. So I'm, uh. I'm like, we literally cannot make this work anymore because five years ago I was really heavy into weightlifting and we went together it was kind of part of our family plan and my husband's changed jobs three times since then I don't know what I was thinking I'm like oh well we'll figure it out well we'll, it'll the next job it's got these hours we will be able to figure it out no no just Jen go to the gym get your own schedule down and so uh, the last week has just been let's just see if this is One, do I have the right weightlifting program for me? And two, allow yourself to feel like a total dork in the gym, like you were saying, and give myself that room, like let yourself get hit in the face with a weighted ball. That's totally happened. Like right smack in my face. I was like, I was like, I'm just going to toss this really gently at this like angled trampoline because I was really tired of doing a certain like weight. Um, like I was just really tired of sitting in a chair and weightlifting like I was just like I need to do something fun and like do some movement and so I just dropped this ball on this angled dribbling because I, I wanted to see how much it would come back on me and that thing came straight at, back at my face and I did not have fast reaction time
1: <laughs> those and are was the like, moments oh. where you where you like try to recover and you look around and be like who's that it didn't happen what just happened? I know and there was
0: a dude right behind me who was like <laughs> doing some like calisthenics and I'm just like I'm not even gonna look I'm sure he saw that I'm not even not even Why? But, but, and also things like realizing where my limitations were because I haven't lifted weights for five years. So Mm. I feel like I'm checking in with myself in a really comfortable place. I'm now, I can now walk again after leg day. It's taken three days, but I'm there. Yeah. And my legs can normally handle like a lot of weight. Like I have, my mom calls it pioneer stock. (laughs) I have like, I have really muscular legs when I put effort into my, my legs and I feel my, my most healthy and athletic when my legs are healthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> my legs have can carry a lot of weight. And so, um, I started with what I felt like was really low weight. And the next day I couldn't get up and down stairs and getting
1: on the toilet was super interesting. That is the like, worst. You're trying to like <laughs> lower worst. yourself and you're like, oh, this is why elderly people have bars next to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Forget a squatty potty at this point. Jeez,
0: like I don't mm. think I could like get my leg up onto that like little platform. I was like, mm. okay. So it was, it was a good educational week for me because I I now am in the right mental state, which is where I started, and I now understand how to do my whole regimen, and I feel like it's hundred percent sustainable. But it's six days a week. Mm. But I'm gonna allow myself to have moments because I know I'm going to have kids stuff. I know I'm going to have work stuff that I can't get out of. Like I am allowing myself the one to two to day fluctuation in the week, but try to go six days a week. So, which is kind of intense. I know, I know, but.
1: Well, I mean, as long as you have a rest day and you're checking in with yourself and being realistic, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I feel like. It's kind of worked out. I feel like a lot of times in our um, natural health community, if you say you're going to work out six days a week, you have to apologize for it. (laughs) Because you hear so much about being efficient with your, you know, working out smarter rather than harder and being efficient with your time. But if you're creating a healthy habit and that's what works for you and that is what makes you feel your best, it doesn't freaking matter. Just do right, it. like do you? I am do trying what makes you feel good, and you know, work and mm-hmm. rest when you need it. So,
0: yeah, because I like today was chest and um chest and biceps, and or no shoulder, chest and biceps, and I was like, okay that was my first day last week was the same. And I, and I was so sore in my chest that I just said, okay, this week I'm going to make sure that I understand where my limitations lie. And if I start to like, don't try to finish the, the the page and a half of weightlifting, like do half a page yeah, and be okay with that. Let your body get to that, that, you know, that stress exhaustion point, you know, don't wuss out on it because <laughs> that's in my head. I'm just like, don't be a wuss. But to me, overexerting myself and like putting myself in that state where it's like you could be close to injury is just I don't even want to get close to that because I want this to be sustainable so instead of working out for an hour and a half I worked out for 45 minutes and I'm wow. like I can do this good for you and, and then I left
1: <laughs> well you don't need to work out for an hour and a half necessarily I mean, you can right that's
0: where so dang. that's where I'm at with my intention and that or that's the big change right now I am I am really really interested in getting Going through my home with our air quality, that's still really, really high on my priority list, but mm. it's still early. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's really high on my priority list. And um, I'm pretty excited because we got my son a new bed and we could not afford uh, a n- non toxic organic option. But next best thing, I was super excited. Um, I was able to um, buy a bed from somebody that was like, literally never used sat in a Ziploc bag, you know, the little mattress bags and had a waterproof thing over it. So it's, it's not fresh from the factory anymore. It's been sitting around for five years and it's had maybe she said, maybe somebody slept on it for two weeks total in the last five years. I was like, Oh,
1: guest bedroom beds are the best.
0: Yeah, well, it was actually her bed, but she was like practically living at her boyfriend's, who's now oh, her husband, and they have gosh. a cute little 18-month-old now. It was a really good interaction. And I'm just so thrilled to have him up off the floor cuz he's been on the floor and his and being too close to the carpet and so my intentions are going well, but I'm really excited to work on air quality. So yeah. I'm I'm interested to see where I can go with that. What about you? What about your
1: intentions? They're going slow. But well,
0: <laughs> I,
1: I've learned to give myself a lot of grace and transition. So I've adjusted my nutrition. I'll share more about that in the future with everybody, with our listeners, but, um, not something I'm going to be doing right now, uh, but essentially eating keto, uh, again and feeling really, really good with that. It tends to be like, I've been eating keto off and on for almost eight years.
0: And, Mm
1: -hmm. uh, or, you know, using that strategy here, here and there. And it's, you know, a ketogenic approach is what I did to lose weight initially when I kind of entered into my, my health journey. And, um, for all of you who are worried about diet culture and weight loss and all of that kind of stuff, don't worry. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Um, I'm doing me. And I'm just ready to feel, I'm just ready to feel better. And so most of my intentions have just been around facilitating myself feeling better, which means just being a little bit more intentional about my food. Uh, and honestly, what I'm finding when I'm actually paying attention is that I've been under eating for a very long time. Mm. And it's so easy to do when it's very convenient and especially under eating, like, uh, vegetables just really under eating vegetables and they fill you up so well they're you know packed with nutrients and i know all of the benefits of course i do but i don't always <laughs> i don't always get there um in a like just convenience wise it takes time and effort to put together veggies for the most yeah. part yeah especially 100%. When, when you don't digest raw veggies all that well
0: yeah for real that's been that's been my meal prep a lot lately because i <laughs> Again, and of course, I, I sound kind of like a crazy person, but when it clicks for me, <laughs> it, it clicks. Like Girl, I started to uh, Yeah. Oh, I didn't say sorry, did I? I don't didn't no, mean to I'm if just, I did, I'm but because I am getting better at not apologizing. Like thank goodness, because <laughs> I am not sorry for this. I am the kind of person that is that saying of you're going to get what you always get if you always do what you've always done. That saying sits so heavy with me right now that I'm like, I'm done. I'm done doing what I've always done. And so I like to just totally disrupt things with, the proper preparation so like i knew what meal plan i was going for i knew what weightlifting program was going for and i just i set a go date and i i went for it and so i changed my eating plan and i changed uh, my workout plan all in the same week (laughs) um about three days apart from each other i started weightlifting on monday and then i started um the eating plan on thursday and it sounds crazy but it has worked so well for me so far that um and like because I mean you know a new eating plan totally changes how you meal prep, which yes. changes like what you cook when. Well, I
1: mean so much of those changes too are just about paying attention again, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. for for myself. I, you know, I I get into a place where I'm like, okay, if I'm following a meal plan, then I'm gonna take it, which I don't. I am not a person who follows a meal plan. By the way, I will <laughs> I like, will I don't calculate. <laughs> well, I'll calculate out my macros. Um, and figure out what I need to do based on that and try to get into like a routine, but I just, mm. I'm not someone who, um, cooks from recipes. I just don't, I make recipes, I create them, but I don't cook from them. I cook, I do me. So I think you'll be proud of me. I do a little bit of both now.
0: I'm not strictly like, I don't panic when I'm missing something from a recipe anymore. <laughs> you can't, you just <laughs>
1: adjust honestly. Yeah. And I, if I do look at a recipe, it's like a jumping off point. And I only have a few books that I really tap into for that. So, uh, but anyway, so I, and the other piece of my intentions is really, um, focusing on movement and trying to have just a little bit of fun. (laughs) I'm kind of, I'm a a little bit, mm, (laughs) a little bit more. I, the tough part (laughs) for me is that I, I love my job. I love what I do day in and day out. I have a lot of fun that, doing what I do. That does bring challenge. But I'm a relatively serious person. Um, I don't take myself like too seriously. Well, you know, <gasps> listen, that's not going to change just if I try to have more fun. But part of, so some of the business decisions I made for this year to focus on, and one of those things is doing a mastermind with my girl, Brianne from Brightly & Company. We get to go on a trip to Waco, Texas and so do, cool. you know, like essentially study, the branding journey of Joanna Gaines and Magnolia Market and why it stands out and why having a personal brand is so important and all of that. And that's so freaking appealing to me. And I always joke with my business coach about how my goal in the end is to be like the Joanna Gaines of real food. (laughs) Um, Oh, I'm so glad you just said that out loud. I totally did. I, you know, I usually just talk about that privately, but it's you know that i have a goal of having like a a freaking big mecca of of a a restaurant and or maybe a store a coffee shop bakery all of those things i I have lots of brick and mortar ideas and things i want to do i can't Um, wait and a lot of cultivating community that i meant to do that Mm -hmm. goes way further past what i what i do now so I think all in all, um, I'm trying to have the bigger vision in place so that those little changes like movement and all of that, I know how much it serves everything and I'm trying to get back into that headspace. So for me, honestly, to sum it up, I really need to focus on like tiny actionable steps in a in a and make the change in a short period of time but give myself a little bit of grace in the transition and not I didn't start January 1 being like here we go I was like okay January 1 pay more attention January 2nd pay a little more attention okay go for a walk okay you know because I was like halfway through December I was ready yeah. So by the time
0: the 31st hit, I was like, let's go. Yeah. Like-
1: <laughs> so I I got into that space. So December for me was all dedicated to like changing my um my physical space in my house. So we mm-hmm. I completely rearranged our bedroom, which we have a one bedroom and live in a very small space. It's like 700 square feet. And our son is in our... That's a big deal to rearrange yeah, our, in that square footage. Our son is in our bedroom with us. I got it. I got rid of an entire piece of what i thought was essential furniture but it wasn't oh. clearly cuz i don't have it anymore it was essentially like a dresser or like a shelving unit and it took up wow. ha- like an entire wall in that room and i was we- like how is it now does it feel way bigger it feels so much bigger it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing so i figured out to make that space a little bit more inviting and then we got our new bed from avocado so excited for that new mattress um it's been wonderful awesome I love it so far I'm absolutely in love and then you know just I've just been purging like I'm <laughs> I sold and or got rid of so much stuff in the last three weeks and it just feels good I love getting rid of stuff no, I'm like real. I'm Marie Kondo's like perfect client I'm literally like cool let's <laughs> let, you want to dump it let's go let's just let's do this I used it yesterday but that's fine I probably won't need it like <laughs> that tends to be my mo and my husband is Uh, came from a family so my mother-in-law keeps everything Mm -hmm. and tries to convince everybody else to keep everything too and she thinks I'm bonkers I'm pretty sure (laughs) and uh, because I'm always just like no I don't have any I don't have any attachment to that and I like I'm relatively unsentimental in many ways so Mm -hmm. I tend to be able to purge things well. And so that went really well. And that was really nice. And that made my workspace a lot better. And my husband made a kitchen island for me. It's beautiful. Which is in my kitchen right now. And I'm podcasting from it. So I'm very, very, very excited for that.
0: I, I think it's such a breath of fresh air to just get rid of a chunk of stuff. I got rid of like half of my closet a few months ago. I think it was like September. And it was... In my closet, right? So the door could close, it could go away, but just making that space in there and making it easier to... Like, there was just not inventory to, like, pull from. And, yeah. like, that whole th- thing of, of, have I worn it in the last six months? Does it bring me joy? No? Okay, bye-bye. Like, that was
1: well, also, so refreshing. you know, coming... I probably... A minimalist would probably look at my wardrobe and be like, you don't have a minimalist wardrobe. <laughs> Maybe mm, I do. Right. But even within that, I... I love the idea of, again, like referencing back to James Clear and Atomic Habits and, and his work. He talks about reducing friction. And if I'm going to make a decision about what I'm going to wear, first of all, I should I should at least simplify that to only have things that I own that actually fit me.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, I hate big, that. I do that too. That was a
1: huge mind F for me to carry around clothing that I thought would fit me eventually again. And the thing that allowed me to let go of it was like, first of all, you're probably not going to want to wear the things you wore six years ago.
0: Right. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I did that same thing. Right.
1: You're probably going to I I wasn't in a place six years ago or a thought process to buy timeless pieces. I bought stuff because it was like inexpensive and cute um mm-hmm. and fit my relatively skinny body and it was it's it was silly to stick to to hang on to it i'm like does is this piece have a lot of value okay if it does i can sell it if not i'm gonna donate it and mm-hmm. i got uh, this last move when we moved from our our last place to to our current home we i i purged everything that didn't fit me and that was Good really for hard you. for me to do because it was like postpartum and you're already like mm-hmm. in your funk and nothing fits and it's all leggings and you all feel day. like you're
0: having this moment of
1: nothing's ever going to fit again. For real. <laughs> and it's not like I don't I don't care who you are. For me, it's not motivating to try to squeeze on a pair of jeans that doesn't fit me and be like, "These are my gold jeans." No, no. Mhm. Like Agreed. If that, if that works for you, great. Like that's fine. But I I'm just not a person who feel like I that makes me feel like shit to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to yep. do that. I'm going to wear no, I'm no. going to wear things that make me feel and look good now. And that's something that <laughs> Diane Filippo a while back was like girl if your jeans don't fit just buy new jeans like it doesn't mean you need to change you just buy new jeans figure it out
0: and I the difference in size disparaging size differences is just very frustrating like oh my gosh you could be one size at one store and be two different sizes at another store oh yes and it's not
1: you well and it depends on like the cut and like all those things but yeah neither here nor there so anyways I love I love it I love purging clothes so much (laughs) I know. I love, I love what
0: you're doing with your intentions. I think that's fantastic that you're like stepping into it in multiple ways. It seems
1: like like 2017 was the year of merely trying to survive. Little man was like just a year old and it was just, it was, everything was just too much. It was a, it was a lot. And, and last year was a big year of growth. And this year needs to be a year of systems and habits and intention really honestly. Mm, I feel you. I know my I picked out words. That I didn't m- haven't picked out a word yet. I really haven't given myself the time to sit down and think about it as much as I normally do before the new year begins.
0: Well, I'll be real. Like I haven't spent much time on social media the last like two and a half weeks. Um, and I kind of expected that to happen, but I didn't expect it to happen as this bad. I thought I'd be on here and there, but I just having my kids home for the holidays and um the days that the holidays landed on this year that was hard. About the, Monday,
1: yeah, Monday Tuesday. Tuesday. What? Gosh,
0: it just set up the rest of my week to just be like, what's happening? Where? Which what is, is it? What's going on? What are you
1: doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, what's even happening? So, um, <laughs> um, But it, I I gave myself grace and decided that I was like, you know what? If I'm not super intentional in my social media, then I'm going to get it and make this like my time. And um, I started this 19 for 2019, which is like a thing that Gretchen Rubin does on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, and I, I haven't finished it. I'm about um I'm about i about halfway through, a little more than halfway through with my nineteen for nineteen. And that has caused me to really reflect on um what word is going to help me step into the nineteen for nineteen. Mm-hmm. And Enneagram and Coffee uh, on Instagram, super cool account. I really love that account. We talked
1: about this and in the last episode too.
0: <laughs> I just yeah, I still love it. Um <laughs> and She had posted something about the word for each Enneagram type and mine really resonated with me. I'm a type two and it was release and I'd already kind of started that journey last September where I'm releasing responsibility back to people that really it needs to be released to and genuinely release it not just oh here I'm going to like kind of hand it to you but still like put my pinky finger on it and like (laughs) you know I'm like release means let go and so I'm I'm releasing but I'm choosing another word because I already kind of started that journey so it's release and proceed mm. so I'm, I'm going to release and I already know what I want I know I know what goals I have in mind and intentions that are set I know what I want for 2019 I just need to I need to like walk that journey so I need to proceed so yeah
1: my my word proceed. via at least Enneagram and coffee is for Enneagram 8 is allow Oh, that's a thinker. I don't. Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know what that means for me right now. But I was thinking about it. it that's
0: why I was like, "That's a thinker." Yeah, she oh, also wow.
1: posted this other one on like New Year habits, and uh, there was a let me find it real fast. New Year's habits. I think that New um, Year's resolutions, and mm-hmm, Type twos mm-hmm. need to establish healthy boundaries. Yep, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and eight yes. and an eight. It says volunteer more. <laughs> you got time for that? Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, <laughs> honestly, like it, you could you could put that any number of ways, but to me, volunteering is like creating content for free. Like that's oh, that's a truth that's because a, I mean you you're volunteering, your you're giving your time. time. Yep, exactly. And uh, I've definitely now that I don't work with clients one on one for nutrition anymore. I've taken on a few like basically volunteer-based friends and family who I'm helping with their nutrition and cuz I have headspace to do that now. So That's amazing. Like that's so amazing. It's hard. I'm like, listen you guys. <laughs> I might I'll make you pay and then I'll just give you your money back at the end of the year because <laughs> <laughs> you got it's helped so much for so many people to have a financial investment into something oh uh-huh so 100 percent. i think that when, as soon as money's involved you start to i mean that's
0: how my journey started with weightlifting same and I nutrition had was trainer. yeah i was like i actually couldn't really afford the program that i bought but um i was desperate and i didn't know anyone that i thought could help me and i watched a few people go through that program and i was just like okay i'm gonna do it and i told my husband i'm like i'm doing this and, and sky said he looked me square in the eye and he said, if you're going to spend this money, you have to see it through all the way through. And it was like that obligerness and hit me has so hard. And I was like, yeah. OK, he's right. I can't I can't squander this opportunity because it really was would be irresponsible of me on every front. So it's like the financial part of it can actually be a huge thing for people, mm-hmm. you know, getting their head in the game. It makes me think that's what the makes all about. committed,
1: makes me more committed mm-hmm. for sure. I think it does for a lot of us. All right, lady. Well, we are going to chat about some skincare Q&A today. I'm excited. Yeah, I Let's am do too. It. I got, we both asked for listener questions in our Instagram feeds and got some feedback from you all, lovely people. And so a couple of the topics we're going to talk about today, I'm really excited to learn about from Genevieve personally. These are good. I'm going to ask you some questions. All right, Uh, lay it on me. (laughs) Lay it on me. So the first one is just general help with redness and any specific Mm. product recommendations. This
0: is such a good one, especially for this time of year, because redness is literally the first thing that you will see that gets missed the most. Uh, When you see redness in your face, sometimes it only happens... Just after you put product on your face, sometimes it only happens when you haven't done your skincare routine. Sometimes it's, and it's, and it's not always there. Some people have consistent redness and to be honest, they all kind of have the same foundation. Uh, When you have redness in your face, that's your body sending nutrients to your skin. So it's trying to get things where they need to go, or it's causing a little bit of an inflammatory factor to protect So it's like when you see redness in your face, that's the first indication that something needs to happen. Um, That's why when we go outside, our cheeks get red. It's because it's trying to protect our skin. Oh, blood flow. Right? Yeah. And it's like anytime, like for instance, when you have um, an injury of some kind, you get red and swollen, right? Well, if there's no need for the swelling, the body's still going to send the nutrients and send the blood uh, closer to the surface to be able to deliver nutrients. So having said that, um, redness in your face, it's hard to give just one specific product recommendation because it really is a foundational effort for me. And because I have really dry skin and I'm telling you, most people I know have uber dry skin, um, which says a lot to our nutrition in
1: this Mm -hmm. country. (laughs) Go back Um, and go back and listen to our, our skin about, or our episode about healing your skin from within. Because yep, we talk about real. being oil dry versus water dry and how your nutrition and your lifestyle can affect that.
0: Yes, 100%. And I feel like that is, whether people know it or not, that is the most commonly misdiagnosed skin type is dry skin. Mm. So if you see redness in your face, even if you have acne, it usually means you're dry. I'm talking like 99.5% of the time that means you're dry. And so with redness with the face, it has to do with, um, I always tell people, my first question is, is what cleanser are you using? Which is surprises people because they're like, well, so shouldn't I use more moisturizer or like wear a mask twice a week? And I'm like, yeah, but if you're not stripping your skin of its natural oils to begin with, it's going to have better protective properties to it. Right. So when you've got redness in your face, you look really hard at your cleanser, I guarantee you, it's probably stripping. the mass majority yeah the mass majority of you it's stripping your face and you don't quite know it if it's foaming and you have redness on your face you're using the wrong cleanser
1: well and this can even mean like a, a safe healthy cleanser because like mm-hmm. if i'm thinking about beauty counter the rejuvenating cleanser foams a bit mm-hmm. the everything
0: foams except for cleansing balm and milky cleanser
1: yeah and even like the nursing. cream the cream cleanser nourishing cream cleanser doesn't vary much but it does a little bit for sure
0: Right, yeah, and it's got more properties to it that are not that are going to be more gentle. But if you're looking for something that's going to cleanse, but not even you don't have to worry about trying to balance out your moisture, which is going to which is why you have redness. That's the that's the kicker. When you've got redness in your face, if you can protect the moisture barrier that your body naturally has on your skin, you're not going to see redness as often, if at all. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have super duper dry skin, and about October. November, when the weather starts to shift in the Pacific Northwest, I change my cleanser from rejuvenating cleanser to milky lotion cleanser. Because in the summertime, I want the benefits of the rejuvenating cleanser to help exfoliate my skin with the um, fruit extracts in it. But it's too much for me about October, November. And I'll be honest, my first indication is redness or whiteheads and blackheads. Hmm. So, when you, I got my first blackhead like right near my nose, which is usually a really oily area, right? So, if you're getting blackheads and whiteheads in a place where it's normally oily, your skin's like needs moisture bad. So, if you've got redness, look at your cleanser really hard. Um, switch to something non foaming. The cleansing balm can be great, but if you've, got, if you've got redness and flaking dry skin, your skin has gone to that next level of dryness and you might be sensitizing to you, might make you more red. Because yes. you've got that broken skin layer of the dry flakies. So it's better to pull back to something even more protective like milky lotion cleanser, um, oil cleansers. Like there's lots and lots of oil cleansers out there that don't foam. I know Tata Harper has one that I really enjoy. And they've got Primally, um, it's got
1: a blend of oils in it. Primarily Pure has a couple of great ones too. And they're really affordable yeah. for how much product you get. Yeah. Talk to Harper is a little more luxury, but there you can get like
0: smaller bottles if you want to try it out. I know there's that. So really, if you've got redness, look at your cleanser really hard. The next thing you look at is your moisturizer. Is your moisturizer really actually moisturizing you the way it needs to? So my my ultimate recommendation with that is grab a night cream. If you can bring your foaming cleanser down and then get a night cream of any kind, because my with beauty counter my favorite one is the rejuvenating night cream hands yes. down i also really love this one from biosense it's got squalene in it it's an omega-3 yeah, moisturizer you were talking that night- about that a couple a oh. couple episodes ago if you can handle the smell
1: it's really good <laughs> <laughs> they're not it's giving really you intense. any help with the smell people
0: yeah, yeah it's really intense for like two seconds it sounds silly but most people might be deterred from it but that's when you know you've got a product that genuinely is fragrance free is awesome. it might smell a little funny for like a few seconds but that's it it doesn't linger it sure. doesn't stay so um, i love that one from Biosense, um the Countermatch night recovery that one's really good too but i like people to test that one first do like a test spot see how their skin handles it there anything that's going to be night cream truthfully this time of year
1: i use night and day because Same. I have
0: super duper dry skin.
1: Same. But I learned that from you. So here we are. Yay.
0: <laughs> Yay. And we did some great like healing efforts with your skin.
1: Oh my gosh. Was- yeah. We, I mean, essentially when I first started switching over to safe skincare or just even doing skincare in general, I was coming from a space where I was just cleansing with coconut oil and mm-hmm. it was not working for me
0: and, <laughs> and
1: moisturizing with that or like jojoba oil. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't right for my skin and probably isn't right for most people's skin. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was I had overdried my skin for pretty much my entire life, treating my quote unquote acne, which had, right. had gotten way better when I switched to a real food lifestyle. But I still had a ways to go and I needed to essentially like exactly what you said. I was the person who had acneic skin that was caused by over drying Um, That probably started with some hormonal changes, but I perpetuated by um, using drying products, astringents and toners and, and stripping cleansers and apricot scrub and all sorts of things. And Mm -hmm. so when I, when you finally were like, okay, Cassie, you need to focus on cell turnover and moisture. I was like, Roger, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Roger, (laughs) Let's go loud and clear. (laughs) And for me, for me, that was the cleansing milk during the winter months and basically fall, uh, fall, winter and spring. I use the cleansing milk. And then the um, the Radiant Serum, but only a few times a week. I have to be careful with that, uh, with the actives. Mm-hmm. If my moisture barrier isn't fully restored, we just actually readjusted my skincare routine um, via Miss Genevieve <laughs> recently. I was like, girl, I'm going to use you. I was getting some redness <laughs> on the very inside corners of my cheeks um, caused by some other some makeup that I was using. And I knew, I was like, this makeup is clean. I've never reacted to it before. This has got to be you know, a sensitivity issue coming with over drying my skin. So, yeah, um, I do the same thing with the radiant serum.
0: I know that my my skincare game is not on point when I get sensitive to that. And I go, okay. And to be honest, it's not worth trying to test it throughout the whole winter. It's like, just pull it out. And once you start to get sensitive to it and then just focus on nourish, nourish nourish
1: nourish yeah so i pulled that out some i'm not willing to pull it out all the way unless i continue to have issues but it's already way better i'm not reacting i was so saying if you if you anymore. find it a resolution no no worries yeah and then the overnight peel also in the evening as a treatment step but i do it probably four times a week i do it pretty pretty religiously and that helps a lot and then, can i be real though yeah go ahead the peel yeah is an absolute game changer it's a game changer it, it is literally a game changer I, it changed my skin i mean we've had and it we've it, had it um in the collection for consultants anyway since may and it released in what june in the summer july july yeah man they took a while to come out we were all like chomping at the bit because our bottle that or we like my stuff's running our, out. our <laughs> bottle that we got when it released to consultants was gone and i was like oh no 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 i cannot Does anybody have any i can't <laughs> Well, and it's very, it's, we've talked about the peel a bajillion times, but there is a reason why
0: reason. Yeah.
1: So I, I use the peel and then I do the rejuvenating night cream and I I use it day and night. And for me, I like to have a relatively minimal skincare routine anyway. And so Mm -hmm. that suits me really well because then I've got, you know, three major steps that I'm doing, but definitely just four, if I'm including a treatment step in the evening And, you know, I'll use facial oil intermixed in there as well, especially if I'm not going to wear makeup one day, I'll throw facial oil on and add a little extra something. Um, Yeah. But I
0: think that the thing that's important to know about the peel is it has its place with, because most people that have redness and they, they hear, oh, my skin's, becoming sensitized like it's becoming sensitive it, it has it's a multi-factor thing here it's like the moisture is not reaching the cells and it's not protecting the cells the way it should be and so they're a little flat they're not as plump as they could be mm-hmm. and it's allowing things to get through like like skin actives like for instance the radiant serum is got a lot of actives in it that are meant to help your body turn its cells over but if it's letting it a little too much in because the cells aren't plump it causes a sensitizing issue the body goes oh that was too much that was that was a little more than i was ready for a little deeper in the skin cells than i needed or wanted and it will send more redness and it'll send like reactions in like random places on the face so the beauty of the peel is that it takes the very top layer and it, it dissolves the glue, like the acids in it literally just kind of gently dissolve the glue that holds those crusty yuckies in the very top. And it allows you to have those those baby cells to come to the surface faster. And the baby cells are going to be more plump. as Cassie pets her face. The best. <laughs> I did the peel last and, night and I woke up this morning and I was like, yeah. And you can feel it the
1: next day. Isn't and that amazing? Well, And it really helps me work through a, a breakout. Really, yes. really well. I definitely mm-hmm. had some dairy over the the holiday and was basically immediately regretting that <laughs> in my skin. <laughs> and it's always like this twofold thing, right? You're you're at a lot of parties and holiday events, and so you. You have things maybe that you normally wouldn't have food wise, but then you're also in front of people you haven't seen in forever, and you've got acne all over your face. It's Like this is not <laughs> so mean, is it? This does not coincide, people. So you're like,
0: why all at the same no, time? No, it really
1: helps heal a breakout for me quite a bit.
0: Um, it's a lot because breakouts, if you look at the surface of the skin, it starts to get a little bit of agitation with the cells separating. Mm-hmm. It allows things in that it normally wouldn't, or it allows things through the bottom from the bottom up. And if you can, and then it creates a crust right around it because the body's trying to protect whatever's happening. And if you can resurface the, the crust and then you can put the treatments on it, like the, the skin actives that are good for you, it's going to clear out the junk. It's going to exfoliate what's going on the top. Right. And then you protect the cell, cells around it with a moisturizer. You're going to have a better result. There's a reason why the um, counter control spot cream, the SOS spot cream cream is so good. The gel. It's so good because the salicylic in it is the only size, um, salicylic is the only size, uh, molecule that will break through oil. It, and so it's perfect and for safely. A, Yay! yes, for a spot treatment, not an all over, just a spot treatment. So it's like, there's, there's time and a place for things. So a lot of people hear redness and they're like, you know, I, I must, you know, they, they either don't know what to do or they end up making it worse. Yeah. So if you understand the mechanics of what your skin's doing, sometimes it makes more sense. You know, panic is hard (laughs) when like breakouts come your way or redness and things like that. Yes.
1: It is very hard not to panic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So we've got a a big honking question to answer, but let's jump to these, some of these smaller ones real fast. Uh, What do you think about home microdermabrasion tools? Like, should we be using them? Should this just be a professional doing this? Should we use them? And mm-hmm. if if it's if you'd recommend using one at home, do you have any that you recommend in general or or? Yeah, um, this is a really it?
0: common question I get because, of course, most people want to take the control in their own hands if they can. Yeah. So my thoughts on microdermabrasion tools are they are they can be very aggressive for skin. So if you're worried about the peel, but you're not worried about microdermabrasion, it should be the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like the peel is going to be the most gentle, the most forgiving, the most easy to use. Um, Microdermabrasion tools like home microdermabrasion tools are great if your skin is dialed in. Like if you are, if you're like in my place where I've got my skin super dialed in, it is going to propel your skin into better anti-aging results. But if you feel like you haven't quite got things dialed in, it can make things worse for sure. Because Mm. when you get a microdermabrasion done at a spa or a med spa, it's not just the the microcrystals. It's the cleanser. It's the steam right before. It's the microdermabrasion. And then a lot of times they end it with a special toner or appeal depending on the the treatment type and then they end it with a mask and then they go to a moisturizer I mean think about all those steps they're involved and all the product involved at a professional microderm and if you don't have your own skincare dialed in I I would take I would take a really firm evaluation of do I have my skincare crap together
1: <laughs> maybe not so much then I would wait but maybe go when get a you couple f- treatments done at a spa Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the best way to do it. At
0: least once to see what you think about it, because it can be beneficial if you're like, it's like expert level skincare. Let's put it that way. So once you're at like, you know, professional level on your own skin where you're like, I got it dialed in. I understand what's happening to my skin. I know when's the appropriate time to do it because you really only need to do a microdermabrasion once a month. Like truthfully. If you do it more often than that, you're going to risk sensitizing your skin because ultimately if you if, for those of you that may not know what a microderm is, it is essentially a, a physical way of exfoliating your skin whereas the peel is a chemical thing that's dissolving stuff. The microderm abrasion is going to either be doing um shooting out crystals and that's the traditional way so so in a meds ball you'll see like a big tub of white powder that's actually crystals that have been um they've been ground up to these teeny 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 tiny little pieces mm. and as the and, the and it's got a suction cup on it so it shoots the crystals out one side and then as you draw it across your skin it sucks up the crystals up the other side so it's exfoliating your skin with these crystals very quickly <laughs> and think it's like literally like sandblasting your skin with these micro fine crystals so if you are doing it too often if your skin is already slightly compromised and you didn't do the proper steps like steaming and cleansing and all these things that prep your skin ahead of time you're going to cause little micro tears which might make your condition worse mm. so but I do recommend one system if you feel like you're at expert level. <laughs> it's called the PMD. Yeah, it's a personal that's microderm.
1: That's the one I see the most on the Instas.
0: That one's the closest one that you're going to get to what you see in the spa. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's the not most affordable.
1: Yeah, it's not cheap. But it, I mean, there's some other ones that are more affordable, well, but they don't look quite as... Um,
0: yeah they're just like they're kind of gimmicky yes yeah a little gimmicky
1: yes and if you try to buy
0: like a professional system they're like thousands of dollars and then you have to keep buying the crystals and so it's like no no yeah Yeah,
1: so the pmd it's usually about 200 i think and you can find it at like ulta probably find it on amazon i'm guessing yeah they're utah-based companies so they're made in the u.s too oh cool yeah okay, next question is, how often to exfoliate to avoid clogged pores around the nose? I think this is like backwards, right? You might be exfoliating too much. I,
0: well I might well, no, I might or have like already
1: like slightly answered it. Large so, pores in that area. Yes, so large pores in that area
0: have a lot to do with drying around the nose. because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, our pores are a certain size, and when they're dry, they actually get bigger. Because if you think about our plumps, our cells not being plump anymore, the pore gets bigger and it actually allows junk to settle in our pores when they're big. So ultimately our goal is to exfoliate so we can get because when you look at a this, if you're eating, I apologize. Um, When you look at a blackhead under a microscope, it is a pore that um, has enlarged, which usually has to do with drying of the skin and Dirt has gotten inside, and then a crust has happened over the top of it, usually of skin cells. And it starts kind of like a volcano around the edges. It volcanoes up the side, and it creates a shell over the top. So, as a professional, when we're coming in and we are in, we are extracting these. Our goal is to literally, we call it stirring the pot. Is you have to take this tiny little um, needle tool. And sometimes it's just a probe and it's just round at the end and it's literally stir around it, loosen it with oil, stir the pot, and then it just comes right out. And so if we know that about like clogged pores around the nose, which are usually blackheads or whiteheads, then we know that we, if we can exfoliate to get that crust, not to ever form, cause then the dirt will wash out with your washing, your cleansing every night. Right. Mm-hmm. So we don't want that, cl- that clogged um, crust to be there. And um, specifically around our nose, that's where we're going to sweat a lot more on our face because the, it's more meant to. It's a protective thing around our eyes, around our nose, around our mouth. Uh, so if we can exfoliate it and then properly moisturize it on a regular basis, then you're going to be protecting it. Now, the large pore of it, it may have stretched out a little bit over time um, after having lots of dirt in and out of it over the years. So you actually do want to take something like a toner and tone it in between your cleanser and your moisturizer. And I only, I say that tentatively because some people will will stop at a toner, but you have to end that treatment with a moisturizer to protect those skin cells, aid their ability to absorb moisture, and um, try to keep that crust from forming in between washings, in between your morning and evening washing or evening evening. So how often to exfoliate? That is, well, depends how on what
1: Yeah, I was going to say, how often and with what?
0: Yeah, so it depends on which exfoliant. If you are mechanically exfoliating, so like anything that's a physical representation, like a scrub a rough towel, Norwex cloth, uh, Clarisonic, anything that's like a brush. Mm, I honestly would say probably every third day. If you do that too often, you will sensitize your skin. It's much harder to stay on top of the sensitizing um, part of your skin when you've over exfoliated physically. Uh, Having said that... (laughs) My favorite, favorite, favorite thing in the world is to have a physical and a mechanical that you have in your arsenal that you love that works for your skin. So if you're um, exfoliating every third day and it's working for you because you live in a very like humid environment, that's probably all you need. Like in the summertime, I only need every three or four days to be able to stay on top of my skin. Sometimes I can stretch it longer because my skin's just naturally moisturized because of the air that we're in is better, better. It's got more humidity in it. Um, Now, if you're using a chemical exfoliant, you actually can do it more often. You could do it every other night. If you're using a, a, a chemical exfoliant and ending your treatment with the proper moisturizer, there's a lot of people out there that I'm getting questions about because you know the peel's been out since you know July so and we're entering into like midwinter. I'm getting a lot of questions of uh, I don't think the peel's working for me. my skin has gotten worse And then I know the next thing I ask them is what are you putting on after your peel? And I get either two answers. It's I'm doing nothing after the peel because my skin doesn't feel like it needs it. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, well, you have you have to use moisturizer. Or I'm getting, oh, I put it on and then I put on my moisturizer in the morning when I wake up. And I'm like, that's actually about eight, nine hours too late. You have to put it on right away. So when you're exfoliating, it's a matter of making sure that you're like ending that treatment schedule in a way that's gonna protect your moisture barrier. Because the exfoliating is actually going to make everything worse if you aren't ending the treatment with something protective the
1: way i think of it with the peel is that it's breaking down that outer layer of skin and like all that stuck up stuff exposing it yeah Mm -hmm. it's exposing it and now it needs moisture as it gets exposed so like as protected yeah as it's doing the work on your skin you're going to need a layer of moisture over the top of that so that when that skin is like hey new skin i'm out here that it needs to be nourished like
0: right away yeah And actually, this brings me to a good point. I don't think I've ever talked about the actual function of what a moisturizer does in the skin, and I think this applies. Moisturizer in the skin actually doesn't do anything to your cells, but adds a buffer protection around it so it doesn't lose its natural moisture as quickly. So that's why you need a new moisturizer every evening, like every like 12 hours, you really should put on a new moisturizer, maybe even sooner than that. But that's that's ain't nobody got time for that. So we're really just aiding our body's natural process. And if we can get out of our own way a little bit, then you know and by not over exfoliating and not using a toner when it's not quite necessary because truth be told the only people that really need a toner are people that have pores that are stretched out or people that work out every day and they live in a humid environment like i use a toner like july and august after i work out like i always make sure that i gently wash off my face with my nor- my wetted down Norwich cloth this is all at the gym too and I get the sweat off as soon as possible because sweat will wick away moisture from those cells, which is like the opposite of what we're trying to do with a moisturizer, right? It's literally like pulling moisture because of the salt out of our, out of our cells, whereas a moisturizer is going to help keep that moisture there. It's going to add a barrier of protection. So I will take a wetted down Norwex cloth, get the salt off my face as gently as I possibly can. I'll then tone my face once it's dry, and then I top it with a moisturizer, in June and July. So it's like, it's toner can still be appropriate for super dry skin at certain moments. You know what I mean? But it's, it is very helpful for large pores. Like the rejuvenating toner pads are, are really excellent for large pores, but for the mass majority of people probably not in the winter time it's not really the time to work on your pores sort of a thing
1: yeah i had i had to kick the toner pads um even though i loved them because when i started using them it was during the summer <laughs> and i would yeah. only use them a couple times a week and then i continued that through the winter and last year and my skin i would have breakouts on my nose because i was over drying it and it yeah was just it's not... really easy to over dry and not know it yep all the time easy, easy, so easy. when in doubt just add more moisture and, cle- and cleanse doubt, with down and cleanse with a moisturizing cleanser just do it people yeah <laughs> okay I think that honestly we have one more good really good question to have answered but that's we've got to save it for another episode because we are at I an could probably hour do a baby whole episode yes I could do a whole episode on this yep yep so you'll have to stay tuned for that one we won't tease you with what it is but <laughs> um, it a really good question and one that people commonly really need help with um so Genevieve you're the freaking best <laughs> Aww. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, sharing all your knowledge with us. I I mean, everything that you've shared just over the years with me has changed my skin completely. And I hope that everybody has some actionable steps from just learning about other people's questions. I love Q&A episodes, by the way. I love them. Yes. They're so fun. So please bring us your listener questions, everybody. I'm going to ask you a couple of favors today. Please go um, like and subscribe to us uh, slash follow over on Instagram. That's where we share when we've got a new episode airing. You can also find us anywhere you listen to podcasts for the most part. Um, we're on Spotify too, by the way. It's been, Which a, makes me we've so We've been happy. on it for a little while. It's been awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and within all of that, please, please, please go leave us a review in iTunes. If you haven't yet, if you're one of our many avid listeners, we love you. We thank you for being here. Please go leave us a review. Uh, we're gonna start to share a review of the week here soon. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited. I'm excited. we've had some good ones in there that I'm excited to share. So well, we would love to hear from you. And then lastly, we have a podcast question submission form on our website at rebelheartradio.com. So I will link all of those in the show notes for you. Please come bring us your listener questions about uh, relationships, self-care, personal development, nutrition, skincare, beauty, wellness, all of those things. Like anything that's on your mind that you want to hear from us. Please, please, please bring that to the table, my friends.
0: Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our Instagram You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.